Good morning. It's good being with you this morning. It seems that no matter how much we grow in the Lord, we still find ourselves resenting it when someone tells us we can't do something that we want to do. It seems silly now, but I remember the struggle it was to begin wearing a seatbelt when it first became law. Who are they to tell me what I can and can't do in the privacy of my own car? After all, what if I get in an accident and get pinned in because of a faulty seatbelt? I could burn to death in a car fire. Well, I did conform to the new law, and I wear a seatbelt every time I get in the car without even thinking about it. But in the beginning, it was a pain. In his last teaching on the law, Paul wrote to Timothy to express a powerful truth. He wrote in 1 Timothy 1, beginning in verse 8, But we know that the law is good, if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. The law was not meant to become a bondage to the righteous, only a means of revealing the condition of one's heart. When a believer is told he cannot cheat and steal, it really doesn't even register because he had no inclination to do either. Being commanded to refrain from such practices was really unnecessary, as his heart condition reflected that of his Savior's. However, to someone in great financial distress, the thought of adjusting a few numbers on a tax return becomes a lot more tempting. To that person, the law becomes burdensome and problematic. Perhaps that person, in trying to figure out how to get out of his financial pressures, can't sleep at night, tossing and turning, with the prospect of having his problems resolved if he just cheated a little. Should he or shouldn't he? What would it really hurt? Over and over he reasons until he finally outweighs the guilt with the benefit of the financial freedom at last. Apart from the saving grace of the Lord Jesus, man's hearts are wicked and deceitful. We're so masterful at rationalizing the desires of our hearts, regardless of how contrary they are to the law of God. Paul had learned the glorious truth that his walk with his Savior was not contingent upon his submission to the law. No longer did Paul have to consider the minutia of every little decision to make sure that some rabbi, somewhere along the way, had not written his opinion about a particular issue. He was free to focus all of his energies on loving and serving his Lord and Master. When Paul accepted Jesus Christ as his Messiah, he quickly understood that Jesus did not come to do away with and destroy the law, but to fulfill it in his love. As Jesus gave his life for the sins of mankind, he became an example of complete fulfillment. Paul was now committed to loving others with the gospel of Christ, which was committed to his trust. He did not have to concern himself with thou shalt not kill, because he was burdened to point them to life. The law was God's perfect schoolmaster to point man from their wickedness to his saving grace. Praise God! for both His law and His grace. God bless you today. I love you.